Death is hardly ever good news. Over the past 12 months, it's been more in our faces, on our news, on social media. The death toll from COVID-19, the death toll from fires, from floods, from roads. I heard on the radio just the other day that in Brazil alone, there have been over 300,000 people die from either with COVID. And just this past week, the average was 2,700 people dying a day. Death is hard. It's soul-destroying. It's life-altering. Death is not good. So why on earth do we call this day a day when a person named Jesus was killed, Good Friday. What can possibly be good about it? Well, death was never part of God's plan for our world. God doesn't want us to die. Death only came about because humanity rejected God. It came about because of sin. So here is why Good Friday, this day, is good news. Jesus' death is good news because he took our sin and he took our punishment that we deserve. We'll see God's king unjustly sentenced and crucified. So just to set the scene here, Jesus would have been about 33 years of age or so by this point. Throughout his ministry over the past three years, he's been healing the sick, he's been opening up the eyes of the blind, he's even been raising people from the dead. He's been teaching people all about God and crowds from everywhere flocks to come see him. People wanted to catch a glimpse of Jesus. People even climbed trees to see Jesus. But he wasn't popular with everyone. The leaders of the days called the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes. These guys didn't like Jesus at all. He threatened their leadership. He called them out for their utter hypocrisy. He didn't fit their version of a king. So in the past 12 hours, something quite distressing has happened. Jesus has been betrayed by one of his closest friends. Jesus has been arrested by the religious leaders. Jesus has been denied by one of his even closer friends. Jesus has been beaten, spat on, mocked, betrayed, arrested, denied, beaten. He hasn't done anything wrong. He hasn't done anything to deserve this. But this also wasn't a surprise for Jesus. He knew that this was going to happen. He told his disciples three times and even more that this was going to happen. So while the situation may look like it's snowballing out of control, Jesus knows exactly what is happening. He knows exactly what is going to come. 
and yet he endures this all and more to come for our sake. So they drag Jesus, bruised and battered and tired from a sleepless night, at the break of dawn before the ruling council. These were the big wigs of the Jewish day. Just imagine the High Court of Australia or the Supreme Court in America. This is what it was like in Israel. So they set Jesus before them. Jesus is now on trial. They begin questioning him. They want to get a clear answer from him that means that they could put Jesus to death. They want Jesus to indict himself, but it doesn't happen quite that cleanly. They ask him, if you are the Messiah, tell us. The Messiah or the Christ was thought of by some as a warrior soldier who would come in and throw out the Roman rule. So if they got Jesus to say that clearly, that he was the Messiah, then they could get the clean death sentence from the Roman governor. But he doesn't give them that satisfaction. Uh, They try a different route. Are you the son of God then? He replies, you say that I am. Again, they can't accuse him. But they think they've got something of a solid case, so they go up to the Roman leader in the region at the time, Pilate. At this stage in history, the Israelites were under Roman rule, and the Jewish leaders didn't have the authority to put anyone to death. And so they went off to Pilate, the person who did. So they trot up to his place. There's a full trail of people who are bloodthirsty, who wanted Jesus dead. And when they get there, they begin to hurl accusations here and there. They try every angle, every loophole, and then they begin to even flat out lie. I just imagine being in this courtroom. It's loud. It's full of angry people. They were shouting red faces, clenched fists. And then suddenly Pilate asks the question, Are you the king of the Jews? To which Jesus replies, You have said so. It is as you say. But here's the thing. So far, they've accused Jesus of calling himself the Messiah or Christ. They've accused Jesus of calling himself the Son of God and the King of the Jews, Christ's Son, King. But the thing is, this is exactly who Jesus is. Jesus is the Messiah who is going to rescue his people, as spoken by by the prophets so long ago. He's the Son of God who came as 100% God, 100% human, God in flesh. He was sinless. He was innocent. He was a real person who came 2,000 years ago. He's the king whose kingdom is like no other. And he was there right in front of them all, plain to see. He was there for 33 years and preaching in public for three years but they didn't see Jesus for who he was. They rejected him. They are just about to kill him. He is the one who loves them deeply. He came to save them. But they hated him deeply. And they are just about to kill him. He is God's king. Pilate says that 
He's innocent, that he can't find any charge. There's no need for Jesus to be put to death. The leaders continue their tirade of accusations. So Pilate sends him and the crowds away to be unjustly sentenced. So the crowd didn't get what they want. So they were sent off to another leader called Herod. Uh, Jesus was questioned once again, but once again, Herod didn't get the guilty plea either. He didn't condemn Jesus. And so they sent him back to Pilate. It plays out a bit like a Shakespearean comedy here. These leaders want the death sentence and went trudging all around the countryside to get what they wanted, but no one was willing to give it to them. So why can't they get anyone to say that Jesus is guilty? Well, because Jesus isn't guilty. Jesus is completely innocent. He hasn't done anything wrong. Jesus is the one who has helped people, who showed compassion to everyone. He was tempted in every way like we are, but he didn't sin against God. He didn't reject God. He's the only person who has ever lived who has been sinless. Now, I know some people say, you know, they aren't too bad. They haven't done anything majorly wrong. They haven't killed anyone. They haven't stolen anything. They haven't done any shoplifting recently. Uh, But just imagine for a second here that in just a couple of minutes, on these big screens here and on the live stream, out to the whole world, we were going to show the whole world your entire life. Uh, Every time you didn't bring a mask with you. Every time you picked up your phone while driving in the car. Every bad thought, every lie, every little bit of gossip behind someone's back. Every time you've acted selfishly. Every time you've got into a fit of anger on display for all the world to see. I know that I wouldn't. Why? Because I'm a sinful person. My life is full of pride and all sorts of sin that I would hate for the world to see. But you see, with Jesus, if we were to put his life on the big screen and on the live stream, there would be nothing bad for us to see. There would be nothing that we could accuse him of. There was no lying, no deceit, no pride, no gossip, no hate. He was sinless. There was nothing to accuse him of. But his people, the Jewish leaders, didn't recognize him as the king, and so they wanted him gone. They lied, they shouted, they demanded, they eventually got what they wanted. It was around this time of year, uh, there was a custom that Pilate could release a prisoner of their choosing. In the prison at this time, there was a bloke by the name Barabbas. He started riots against the Romans and he was also a murderer. So what did the crowd shout? Well, Luke twenty-two eighteen says, but the whole crowd shouted, away with this man, away with Jesus, release Barabbas to us. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again, but they kept shouting, crucify him, crucify him. Even after appealing again, Pilate gave into the pressure 
Verse 25 says that he released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, the one they asked for, and surrendered Jesus to their will. The innocent was handed over. The guilty one was let free. Now you might be thinking, Michael, how is this possibly good news? How does an unjust trial and an innocent king's death warrant the name Good Friday? Well, for us to be in relationship with God and be with him for eternity, here is what is required. It's really quite simple. Sinlessness. Holiness. For us to have life with God, all we need to do is be innocent. It's perfectly simple. But you may have noticed a problem. I'm a sinner. I am guilty before God. We are all sinners. We all stand guilty before God. One of the New Testament authors, Paul, writes that there is no one who is righteous, not even one. He also writes that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All are guilty, and the punishment for rejecting God is real. It's death. It's life without God. It's eternal. So where's this good news? Well, I have great news for you because of this very day 2,000 years ago. Because of Good Friday. See, Jesus' death actually achieved something. He's God's king, but he's also our saviour, and he came to save us from punishment, to save us from sin. See, Barabbas was guilty. He deserved punishment, but Jesus died in his place and Barabbas was released. Likewise, I am guilty. I deserve punishment, but Jesus died in my place, and I am free from my sin. We all are guilty. We all deserve punishment. Jesus died in our place. We can be released from sin and the punishment from sin. That is the good news, that all we need to do is to ask God for forgiveness, ask for his release, and it will be freely given. For on that day when Jesus was mocked, spat on, beaten, whipped, unjustly, unjustly tried and crucified, our punishment was taken by him. I hear these words that we heard from Isaiah at the beginning of the service. Uh, This was written 700 years before Jesus. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. On Good Friday, Jesus took our sin. On Good Friday, Jesus died in our place. On Good Friday, Jesus took the punishment that we deserve. On Good Friday, 
Jesus made a way for us to be in a relationship with God. And that is why today is called good. God's king, unjustly sentenced, crucified. So Pilate handed Jesus over, still didn't declare him guilty. Jesus was led out of the town, forced to carry his cross, although he was so weak that he couldn't, so another man was chosen. They get to the place called Golgotha, the place of the skull. Jesus was stripped. He was laid down on the cross. And six-inch-long nails were driven in through his wrists and through his ankles into the splintery wood. He was lifted up high for all to see. Crucifixion was a long and drawn-out process that the Romans perfected. It was not only physically painful as the nails were driven through, but also painful as one would slowly die of exhaustion and suffocation. But also, it was completely and utterly Shameful. It stripped a person totally of all their dignity. So here is Jesus, God's one and only beloved Son, nailed to a cross. People were passing by, continuing to watch this gruesome spectacle and continuing to insult Jesus. And what does Jesus say? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Forgive them. Father, forgive the ones who put him through this. Forgive them. This crucifixion, this is a death like no other. Then darkness, it was about noon in the middle of the day. Darkness came over the whole land, as if all of creation recognised the darkness of this hour. Jesus, the Son of God, bearing the weight of our sin, taking our punishment, drinking the wrath of God that we deserved, going through all of this fully for our sake. He could have come down from the cross at any point, but he didn't. And as this was happening, the curtain that separated humanity from the most holy of places in the temple where God was sent to dwell was torn in two. Access to God was made freely available to all because of and through Jesus for all eternity. And then he died. Jesus' lifeless body hung there. 
as people slowly walked away. The innocent died so that we, the guilty ones, may go free. And he does this all because he loves us. He doesn't want us to carry the sin and the guilt and the shame. He doesn't want us to face judgment. He loves us enough to take it all for us, to die for us. God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Totally undeserved. Purely by God's grace. And friend, he loves you. He wants you to turn and to believe in him. And if you haven't done so, I want to urge you to do exactly that today. Because this is good news. Freedom from sin and death, this is Good Friday. But this isn't the end. Death won't have the final say. Soon Jesus will rise again. Soon Jesus will defeat death. Soon Jesus will secure us life eternal, life to its fullest, life with God and life with God's King. He is God's King, unjustly sentenced, crucified, risen. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and honour and glory and praise.